Hello and welcome to When I Found Grace podcast. Sometimes we got to get rid of stuff in our life. And where do we start? Sometimes it's got to be the big one. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you faith. get to talk about some fun and interesting things that we see in the Bible here in the book of Judges. And um, we get to go through last time when we were looking at things, we saw how Israel, how they called upon the name of the Lord. And when they called upon the name of the Lord, did he leave them behind? Did he leave them feeling guilty? No way. No, the Lord, he came to their rescue. He came to to save them. He came to deliver them. And that's where he sent Othniel, the, the uh, Caleb's brother, um, to judge. And, uh, and, and so they had a, a time of peace there in the land of Israel, in the new promised land. Um, but, but then we, we see something that happens all the time in our life. And that's the people of Israel after Othniel died and he went to go to be buried it says that they did evil in the sight of the Lord again. And this is where the king um, Eglon, the king of Moab, came up against Israel. And, you know, what's interesting to me is it says in chapter 3, verse 14, it says, And the sons of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. 18 years. Now, that's incredible to me. They cried out to the Lord. And when they cried out to the Lord, what did he do? He delivered them. He sent one to deliver. And after he died um, and passed away, and it took them 18 years after they were being oppressed to finally call out to the Lord again. I mean, that's incredible. And sometimes you think, what are, what are we doing? And, and I, you know, I know we talked a little bit about this last time, but sometimes we just think of the humanity that we're stuck in. Sometimes just that, um, and I, I'm sorry to say it, but the stupidity of our humanness and who we are, because the Lord doesn't want us to stay in our sin. He wants us to run to him, to cry out to him. And oftentimes that's not the case. Oftentimes we have to be stuck in our sin for 18 years. I mean, that that's a long time, but, but. It says in verse 15 of chapter 3, it says, When the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. <laughs> That's pretty cool, a left-handed man. I mean, not that that in of itself, but, um, you know, I've got my my twin, I've got a twin brother and see I'm right-handed and he's left-handed. And so we always kind of poke fun at each other and, uh, well, you're left-handed, I'm right-handed, uh, who's better at this. And, and so, um, we always have these different sayings, but so it specifically, specifically says that he's a left-handed man. And obviously because of that, we understand and we know that this isn't something that would be, uh, very common in the day. Uh, because it it's pointing it out. Well, how 
here it says that he was a left-handed man. So probably more than likely, most people during this time were right-handed. And this is going to come into play here because then it says, and the sons of Israel, they had sent a tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. And it says in verse 16, Ehud made himself a sword, which had two edges, a cubit length, and he bound it in his right thigh under his cloak. And he presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a very fat man, so a very large man. Uh, It came about when he had finished presenting the tribute that he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. But he himself, he turned back from the idols, which were at Gilgal. And he said, I have a secret message for you, O king. And he said, keep silence. And all who attended him left. And so here is Ehud and Eglon all by themselves together. And then Ehud, he came to him while he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he arose from his seat and Ehud stretched out his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. So he didn't see it coming because he was looking for Ehud's right hand and he wasn't looking for his left hand. And so he could shake with his right hand or or come to his right hand, but he wasn't expecting anything to come at him with that left hand. And so what it did was he took it and he arose and then he Ehud stretched out his left hand and he thrust it into his belly. And now here's the fun and interesting part about it is the handle, it says the handle also went in after the blade and the fat closed over the blade for he did not draw the sword out of his belly and the refuse came out. This is a, a pretty gross um, scene that's going on. But then Ehud went, he went out into the vestibule and shut the doors of the roof chamber behind him and he locked them. And then he goes out and um, Eglon's servants, they didn't know what was going on. And, and so they just thought, oh, he's sitting on his rooftop, relaxing and in, in, in this room, resting and cooling off. And uh, But when they finally became anxious, they, they broke in. And by that time, it was too late. He was obviously dead. Um, Ehud had already escaped. And it goes down, it says, Ehud escaped while they were delaying, and he passed by the idols and escaped to Sarah. And it came about when he had arrived that he blew the trumpet in the hill country in Ephraim and the sons of Israel went down with him from the hill country and he was in front of them. And he says to them, pursue them for the Lord has given your enemies, the Moabites into your hands. So they went down after him and seized the fords of the Jordan opposite Moab and did not allow anyone to cross. And they struck him down at that time, about 10,000 Moabites, all robust and valiant men and no one escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land was undisturbed for 80 years. Wow. What a story. And uh, when we look at this story, it, it's just a, a, an interesting, uh, fun reminder of what the Lord has done and what the Lord does do. And he works in such mysterious and often fun and interesting ways. And you know, when, when I look at this, I think, well, how can we apply this into our lives and even into this story of grace that we're living? Uh, how can we apply it in that way and in that sense? And, um, you know, I, I was just, as I was praying about it and thinking about it, you know, sometimes we don't know where to start when it comes to dealing with our problems and our issues 
And we're like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do or at what point should I start with, or I I'm just at a loss for, for what is going to happen. And sometimes it's just as simple as starting with the big things in our lives. Sometimes that's all we have to do. And you say, well, well, what do you mean? Well, sometimes we're dealing with things that there's a lot of small things that are are building up, but then there's also one really big thing that is really the issue or that's, that's really not helping these other things at all. And sometimes the best thing that we can do is look, where I'm going to start is I'm going to start with the biggest thing possible and then I'll, I'll work down from there. Now, it, to be clear, it, it doesn't always work this way, but I'm just saying there are times that you just have to tackle that big issue, the big elephant in the room. And, and so many times we're afraid to do that because of maybe we're, we're scared, maybe we are uh, insecure, maybe we don't want to become vulnerable at that moment. But many times we just have to go for it. And look, I have to tackle and, and get rid of this big issue that's in my life. And, and I really want to encourage us and encourage you that maybe you're looking for where to start. What is that issue that you're dealing with? Or maybe that sin, or maybe you did something really big or, or bad um, that maybe somebody is having a hard time with, and you have to just know where to start to reconcile. Well, start with that big thing. Start with that big one. I mean, we deal with this all the time in marriage. And there's times where I've said things to my wife that have been completely, completely inappropriate. And, and that, and it's really brought her hurt. It's brought uh, pain to her. And, and instead of me addressing that issue, uh, usually I just try to address the smaller things to, to, to be like, well, I don't want to prove that I did something that was wrong. I, I just, I just kind of want to sidestep it and, and just, you know, let her know, that I love her with maybe apologizing or dealing with some of these smaller things. But you know, it, it never pans out the way that I think it should. In fact, usually it completely does the opposite of what I'm trying to do because she's still mad and upset about this big thing. And here I am trying just to, to hide it. I'm, I'm just trying to cover it up or, or pretend like it didn't happen or it doesn't matter when in reality it does. And it did. And I, I just have to, just like, um, Ehud here, you know, instead of trying to defeat one little person at a time, the, the little armies, he went for the big guy. He went for the big kahuna. And he said, I'm uh, look, if I'm going to take these guys out, then I need to take this big guy out. And that will help us to set and to win all the other wars and to set us free. And, and lo and behold, it did. And so even though sometimes the big things are the difficult things to deal with straight away, um, and maybe they will affect you in, um, in many ways and in, um, and make things even more difficult to start with. You know, I, I've talked with many people who are dealing with, um, they're dealing with drug issues and, and drug issues are, are some of the worst, um, 
and a lot of times what they want to do is before they, they start dealing with their drug issues or they're um, trying to with sobriety, usually what they're trying to do is trying to work everything else out in their life and it's just not working out. And sometimes you just got to tell them, Hey, look, everything else is going to work itself out, but you need to take care of this right now because this is the big issue and this is what's affecting everything else in your life. And and when they finally get that, when they understand that and they say, okay, I'm going to take care of this issue and they do, you see how their life changes and transforms in a much more drastic way than when they were just trying to tackle these small problems and just trying to ignore this big problem. And and so just like that, sometimes we have to tackle those issues in our life. Just like Ehud, he went straight for the big guy. And so, and so that's why I want us to remember it. Sometimes it's going for the big things, not just the small things, but tackling those big things. And I, I don't think it's a um, good idea to completely ignore those altogether. Um, I know a lot of times when problems do become big, it's because it's a lot of these small things building up and it built into one big thing. But but a lot of times when there's just that one big thing and you're trying to take care of these small things, none of it gets taken care of because there's still that reconciliation that needs to happen from that big one. Um, and, and that's, that's just the, the way life goes a lot of times. And, and that helps us to live in God's grace so much more. And when you're dealing with those things, that's where we have to rely on God's grace in much more ways than we ever thought. Because a lot of times, like for for me, I just, again, I just want to hide what that big thing is, or I just want to stay away from it. I don't want to address that because it's just going to be easier to take care of these small things. And the Lord says, no, take care of this big thing. Take care of that. And then the rest will fall into place. And and look what it did. So when, when Ehud did that and... Moab was subdued by Israel and the hand of Israel and the land was undisturbed for 80 years. They found this peace that they were looking for. Uh, Number one, they cried out to the Lord. And number two, there was this big thing that they decided to, we're going to go after that first. Instead of trying to take small little pieces out here and there, we're going to go for the big one. And once we go for the big one, then we can take out the small ones. So I hope that you guys who are listening today, just remember, you know, tackle those big things. Don't be afraid of it. And, uh, and hopefully you're encouraged to do that because I think that the Lord will do wonderful things as you're trying to decide, okay, where do I start Lord with dealing with these problems? And when you go for those big ones, commit it to the Lord and he will bless you in such wonderful, marvelous ways. It might be uncomfortable for a little bit, but you know what? The dividends are going to pay out so much better than if you were just to ignore the big thing and just try to tackle the small things. So I I hope that you're blessed by this. I hope that you can go on and feel like you have maybe even more tools to deal with the problems and the issues that you're dealing with, and that by God's grace, you could move on in such a new and marvelous way. God bless. By grace you have been saved.